0: Seattle, Washington. I'm Zach Jabal, and this is a Vine Pair podcast, The Next Round Conversation. Today, we're chatting about the Côte and we have the privilege of having two experts with us. Uh, first, Florence Kiyo, who is the owner of Famille Kyo Vineyards in the Côte and then uh, Christophe Tassin, uh, who is a sommelier and a wine director at The Battery in San Francisco. Uh, Florence, Christophe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Bonjour. Excellent. Yes, it's it's so nice to have both of you. I wish my French were strong enough that we could do this in French, but uh, sadly, sadly, uh, we will not be. <laughs> we'll we'll stick to English for this. Um, so, Florence, I want to start with you, and and just a, a very simple but but important question here. So, when we talk about the Côte de Rhone, where are we? Where in France are we? And and what kind of wine region are we talking about?
1: So, we're at the very south of France, near Avignon. So, the very famous city of the pops. And this is a wonderful era for tourism, for sun, for lavender, and everything like this.
0: Okay. And when it comes to understanding, like, broad understanding of the wine styles that are made in the Cotterone, what I I know it makes you make red, white, and rosé, but can you give kind of just a, a very general idea of what the wines are like?
1: I think that the wines are quite fruity, but you have a lot of complexity. Generally, you have some wine from bland. Uh, the very, very famous uh, grape variety are, of course, the GSM, that are also mm-hmm. well known for Ron Bland. Um, so, when you have a Coderone in your glass, uh, that's like the tradition in your glass, but also this is like the landscape in your glass, the terroir and everything. This is more than just a wine. This is a full culture that we have here.
0: Very cool. And Christoph, when, when we talk about these wines here in the United States and, and serving them in restaurants and things like that, for you and your experience professionally, where do you most often encounter these wines?
2: So, and thank you, by the way, to uh, asking to, to locate geographically where is the, 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 the Côte Rhone and Côte d'Iron village of the Rhône Valley, because I believe, uh, uh, as Florence explained, it, it is one of the most important factor of, of, uh, uh, of the character of the wine and how the wine comes out to it. So I, m- I might use two more reference points to that, which is well sure. known for uh, the people uh, looking at the Tour de France sometimes, it's the Mont Ventoux is a part of the Rhone Valley, and everybody knows the Mont Ventoux to climb it with with a bicycle. So that's where the the Cote Rhone are located, and it's probably one hour to the shore, to the Mediterranean. Uh, see, which is important to to uh, notice on the sense of the climate as a huge uh, uh, influence and it's uh, often very helpful when you present the the ron valley uh, wines to a table so uh, mm-hmm. uh then to answer your your question where uh, uh, where do you, you 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 found them the the it's it's uh, somehow Having Rhone Valley, Cote du Rhone and Cote du Rhone Village on the wine list is an opportunity to bring to a table the lifestyle of the, the, the mm. Cote du Rhone area. I mean, Avignon, uh, uh, the northern is Lyon and the capital of gastronomy. So it's a huge uh, deal, the, the, the lifestyle and the, and the meals. And I think the Rhone's are, are pretty uh, uh, well set for uh, food pairing at a table or munching around or for bites.
0: Okay. And And... Christophe, this is maybe also kind of a somewhat simplistic question, but I think it's important to, to get this out there, um, early on. So, um, it, you know, Florence mentioned that these are the, the wines from the, the Côte Rhone are generally blends. Is that true for just the reds or is that true for white and rosé as well?
2: So the, 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 through the, the centuries, the Rhone, uh, vineyards has been built about how the civilizations has developed, uh, Around, around the river. That was a way to, to, to communicate and travel in the old days. So the, the, the Vienna was was the, the birthplace of, of many of the vineyards after the, the Romans uh, uh, installed the peace in, in uh, the Mediterranean area, so Pax Romana. And uh, so mentioning that is there has always been a tradition of blending in the sense of the climate is sometimes not friendly down there. You know, you have a lot of wind, mm-hmm. you have a... Lot of different profiles of soil, so there was always a tradition on uh, uh, creating the blend. That one year the, the Grenache is going to be the, the the main one in the blend and carry the, the generosity. Another year. Uh, Grenache is pretty fragile on on uh, flower uh, when when it uh, flowers, and to to wind or rain, and you might lose lose a lot of crops. So the sierra is here to help. The Mourvèdre uh, is here, the, the cunoise the Senso. So there are over twenty six different grapes that can be in the blend, and as well in the rosé and in the in the in the in the, in the white wine making. This allows to play with. the the characters, the soils, and uh, create a complexity that somehow uh, uh, is going to come out on, on a consistent uh, manner. If you have a single grape, now you're more sensitive to variation. So the concept of blending is a, is a, is a, is a setup to accommodate the, the nature and the climate uh, uh, challenges, and it's a better way to answer and to have a consistency on the production, I believe.
0: Interesting. So Florence, on this question of blending and and understanding um, sort of the way the wines are made, I think one thing that that I've heard from um, from customers in the past and and from other wine professionals sometimes is that um, you know there's this interesting question when you're talking about making blends, are you trying to make a wine that is very similar year to year in terms of the the finished taste? Or are you trying to stick to similar proportions of different varieties? How do you and, and is your winery kind of approach blending? Is it about looking at the final product or is it about here's what we we want to kind of stick to a a, stand, a pretty standard proportion of grapes?
1: Um, so I would say, uh, as we are producer, uh, of course, the vineyard uh, stays the same every year. So we have the same uh, grape variety. But sure. the proportion can be different. But what is quite important when we are making some wine is the profile of the wine. So, for example, um, if we decided to have a round and freshness uh, white wine from Côte Rhône. Uh, year after year, we have to keep the same profile, but the, the wine won't be the same every year because we are producer and uh, um, the climate is very changing. So uh, it's not the same one. And that is why it is very important and very interesting in our job. But um, we, with the same grape variety and the same terroir, we can either make one kind of wine or one another. So generally, we, um, we try to stay on the same profile but there is some change every year, and this is the diversity and the um, the gift from the nature. So we don't want to make the same wine every year, but the same profile of wine. And this okay. is um, when a customer opens our bottle, um, he know what he will have. But vintage after vintage, this will be a likely different.
0: Okay, and and on that general topic, uh, Paul, and just the question of sort of changes. In the time that you've been kind of running things at Famikyo, have have there been not year to year changes that are due to say climate uh, or or even or vintage variation, but just in the way you approach the winemaking or the growing? Like, how have things changed in the time you've been there?
1: I would say um, things are changing because the world is changing, so we have sure. to adapt every time, for example, with COVID. So we have to adapt uh, yes, when our way of working, but also for our way of exporting and everything. So we have to adapt after, um, year after year, so decade after decade. And also in our uh, estates, because uh, so we say the climate, but also the, the, the machine, but the, the way of, um, the, the, for example, biodiversity, 20 years ago, it was nothing. Nobody heard about this, and this is now. It's very important, and uh, we take care of that more and more. Uh, this is one thing, but after we we adapt every time.
0: Okay, can you talk actually a little more about biodiversity? I, I find this really fascinating. What what, are, what is actually done in the vineyards and, and around the vineyards to promote biodiversity?
1: So there are many things, um, and I think that each producer has its own uh, way of taking care of environment. You can be organic, you can be sustainable, or you you can be none of this kind of uh, certification, but taking care of environment. That means you are taking care of trees, of bees when you are making some treatments. You are uh, also trying not to put too many products or things like this. So we are producers. So, the salt and the terroir is our um, main property. So it will be uh, totally stupid to destroy it. So we have to take care, but each one have its own way of taking care of its own property.
0: So let's, let's, I want to come back to some of this in a little bit and talk about more about what's going on uh, in the Appalachian itself. But, but Christophe talking again about kind of these wines in the context of, of restaurants here in the United States, you know, I think for most people, their their first point of entry for uh, wines from the Cote Rhône is going to be with red wines. They're um, more widely available. They're a little more well-known. And, and I think uh, they fit a, a flavor profile that a lot of people who enjoy um, these sort of red blends and 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 you know sort of fruit-driven wines with complexity and earthiness will, will appreciate. But can you talk a little bit about what someone who might be interested in trying a rosé mm-hmm. or a white wine, what they might be looking at in terms of some of the varieties involved and kind of what... The wines might be like and obviously it's hard to be to make too many generalizations it's a big region with a lot of different producers doing different things but but just kind of in in a in an overview what what do those styles look like
2: Right, right. I mean, and and you're right. Um, uh, Mostly, uh, the Cote du Rhone and Cote d'Or village and the Rhone Valley are pictured as as red wine. It's just simply, but because two thirds of the wines produced are are red, Uh, this is a southern uh, geographical located vineyard, and therefore uh, with with a very warm climate, which invite more to. Uh, elaborate red wines than white rosé. But interestingly, the rosé production has grown up uh, 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 in, I mean, on 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 regular motion since almost uh, over twenty years, and and the white white. I'm going to go back to uh, uh, the 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 tradition of the the, the co planting in the vineyard, which is very specific to the Rhone Valley. In the older days, like early thirties or nineteenth or century, late or twentieth century, the, the 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 white varietals were co planted in the vineyard in the middle of the red. And oh, okay. the the white varietal was a way when the winemaking was not temperature controlled. Uh, uh, maybe with the uh, other technical, uh, you know, assets to to influence or to uh, make the wine, the the white varietals were a way to bring acidity to the wine. So traditionally, the white varietals that you can find on the Rhone Valley, like uh, Claret, uh like uh, of course white Grenache, uh, Marsanne, uh, uh, and, the, and even the Vionier from from the northern Rhone. But these varietals are bringing freshness. So and now you find them naturally early. In the eighties, uh, so because of the, the the tools that you can use on the on the on the sellers, now the white wine is vinified separately, and everybody find it so enjoyable because you have that complexity of characters with freshness still and the dry uh, version of it. So now you found them frequently on tables because. I think these, these whites from, from, uh, the Cote du Rhône, from the right bank, from the village of Laudem, for example, of, uh, or Chusclin, or even the Rosé, very, really, the Cote du Rhône from the south, from, uh, Gadagne village, are uh, uh, are, uh, Rosé wine that are co-fermented. And uh, oh, okay. there is a short, there is a, a, a short skin contact to, the process that was led by, by tavel on the older days on bringing the complexity and the enjoyment to it. So now these wines are amazing, uh, drinks and beverage and wines to enjoy with food pairings because they are so friendly and they are seasonal. You go with the, the Rhone being one of the producer of orchards and vegetables that all of these goods go to the Rungis market in Paris, which is the first market in France because that's the Mediterranean lifestyle. And these wines nowadays, the the, the Cote d'Orne white and the rosé, are such a delight to enjoy with the seasonal leaf vegetables and and the spring motion and summer. And and the rosé has been such a, a, a food for wine that uh, you might enjoy uh, obviously without much knowledge. You don't need to know wine to enjoy these sure. wines they are just delivering they have a, such potential of trigger your your emotion your senses and and they are yes they are very fruity as Florence said earlier
0: excellent so Florence bringing us back to to the area itself so you mentioned at the beginning um you know kind of where we are and in, in the connection to Avignon both historically and and still currently but but for someone who might be say like me and dreaming of of going to France sometime in the not too distant future. What is it like to, to actually be in the region in terms of like, what is the landscape a little bit like? And um, and what would someone visiting kind of, what would they do besides obviously just drink and eat, which are all I really ever care to do on vacation, but someone might want a few other uh, ideas.
1: What is quite interesting in our area is of course, I said the landscape. So you have the Ventoux, the Dentelle de Montmirail. You have a very lovely nature. Currently, you have a lot of flower. Uh, of course, during summer you have less flower because it's so hot. But you, if you love the itness and everything, you can come. There is no problem. And even during winter, you have a wonderful uh, weather. So that could be nice. After, you have a lot of things to do because we have a lot of museum. Um, okay. And we also have a very rich um, history, of course, Le Palais des Papes, Le Pont d'Avignon, Le Pont du Gard. Um, this is, they are very famous um, because we have a very big history with Romans and uh, Greeks, um, and we have a lot of old uh, monuments. Uh, okay. And after, and after you, you can also uh, make some sports because we have the Run River, or so there is some uh, kayak and uh, things like this. Uh, we have some, you can climb because we have some okay. wonderful um, uh, pl- uh, spots to to climb, uh, and okay. also a bicycle uh, with a Ventoux. Or if you are not so sportive, you have a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in Mont Ventoux <laughs> for
0: sure. <laughs> Maybe on foot, definitely not on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And and I, I know, but I mean, I know the answer to this, but obviously I would like to give you the, both of you actually the opportunity. I mean, also a, a wonderful area for gastronomy. Um, if I recall, it's, it's definitely one of the parts of France that has um, some of the highest density of uh, Michelin star restaurants. Are, are what, what, if someone comes there and is expecting to maybe enjoy more traditional cuisine, what are some dishes that people uh, might want to be familiar with?
2: I would as well mention that if you pick a central location like Valence, or if you stay in Avignon, you have everything around you of, of thirty-minute drive, or an hour drive, or maximum of an hour and thirty drive, which is nothing for uh, for uh, American drivers, you know, with the car yeah. is so easy. So, and then yes, you have all of these uh, wonders uh, uh, around. So the, the the specialties of the Rhone, uh, I'm going to start in in a kind of a A funny way, hopefully, but yes, in Lyon, you know, Lyon is uh, or the northern Rhone uh, is uh, almost a different country because they cook with butter, and then and then in the south around Avignon, you cook with olive oil. So that two different cultures, but uh, yes, it's so it offers this amazing diversity of of cooking, and uh, interestingly. In the south, like close to uh, uh, Avignon or the villages around of 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 Kerane and the, the as we mentioned a little earlier, it's interesting to notice that you don't have cows pastures, mm. you have a lot of uh, sheep, a lot of okay. goats. So therefore, you're gonna have the 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 sheep milk cheeses, uh, goat milk cheeses, and all of these specialties as well related to to the river. So they are uh, uh, like. Uh, 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 specialties like uh, eel uh, with red wine sauce. You're going to have a lot of lamb, roasted lamb on barbecues with lamb that are uh, delightful, le gigot d'agneau. You have uh, uh, young goat specialties, but and then some of the river fishes that are still water fishes. You have pike. I mean, one of the most uh, uh, known specialties, probably the the pike uh, canal, the uh, canel de brochet sauce, not you, have with made with the uh, uh, crawfish sauce. And, and that with uh, with even a red wine or Syrah is amazing. Or you can go with these uh, nutty flavors of the Cote d'Iron white with with uh, Marsan. Uh, uh, then, then on the south, you have a lot of specialties that are related to outside the, uh, uh, picnics and and uh, fooding sharing with the friends. You go uh, with a tablecloth. You put it on the grass, and then you open your bottles of rosé with uh, with uh, some of the local charcuterie, some of of the cheese, and lots of vegetable gardens. I mean, and it can go to uh, what is a specialty, cassepo in Provence, which is omelette with herbs and tomatoes and and layers. I mean, there are so many uh, vegetable based uh specialties that uh le, le, le dub it's uh you have uh trotters pig trotters or lamb trotters specifically with a white wine sauce that is a specialty from uh from the Rhone that goes amazingly with uh with white wine or rosé then uh, i'm trying to think about a lot of uh, production of uh, tomatoes that uh uh, uh, that goes well with, uh, with all of this rosé wine. And, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a few other uh, specialties <laughs> okay. there, but, uh, uh, there is a tradition of using anchovies as salt in the south of France, you know, okay. or sea salt. So that is, 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 uh, enhancing the taste of, of many things and base and sauce. Uh, uh talking about rosé, there is a specialty like aioli, uh, uh you know, which is a poached uh, cod fish and just with the, uh, Vegetables, uh, poached vegetables, uh, poached hard-boiled egg and uh, uh, with the garlic sauce. I mean, that is an amazing uh, South uh, specialty uh, down there That uh, that is uh, yeah, a delight with uh, those with and
0: White. Excellent. Florence. Did, did Christophe miss anything? I feel extremely hungry, so I, I don't think he missed much.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, after, I, I just add um, that what is quite interesting is that with Coderone, you can eat rather everything quite simple but everything so it can be a, a day-to-day uh wine because it can go with pizza of course it's not very local sure. of course but you can do with that uh but All the the Mediterranean dishes, uh, as uh, Christophe said, uh, tomatoes, of course, but very simple, just vegetable because it's very hot here. Uh, For example, uh, today it was uh, 35 degree centigrade. So I don't know the temperature in your
0: degree, but it's a a lot. It's a lot.
1: (laughs) It's very hot. (laughs) So uh, when we are home, we just open a bottle and uh, with uh, some tomatoes, some vegetables, just drink a little glass. And this is everything. And this is just, uh, something like Prensar lifestyle.
0: And, you know, you mentioned the temperature today and, and obviously we're, we're recording this in the middle of June. So we're still probably not at the hottest days. And and something we discussed before we recorded this, that was of interest to me was the sense that in regions like the Côte where there is a lot of historical experience with hot weather, uh, the sense is that maybe you're better prepared to deal with, um, you know, increased temperatures due to climate change. Is that is that true, Florence? And, and kind of how do you, how do you as a, as a grower and producer um, handle hotter weather?
1: So I would say, I, I can't say no, it's not true because everything say yes. But <laughs> for my own, I would say um, w- when I was younger, when I was a kid, uh, I remember some harvest at the end of August. The 10 last year... The harvest was mainly between the five and the fifteenth of September, so the oh, okay. harvest is not earlier. But what is okay. quite different is that um, the the climate is uh, not the same, so it can change. For example, uh, two weeks ago it was quite cold for here, and uh, okay. today it was very hot. Uh, oh, we I had see. a very um, a rain- very raining spring. But now okay. it's very, very hot and very dry. So it's changed every time. And we cannot say, okay, uh, there is, uh, for example, in March, th- this is raining. In April, this is the beginning of spring or this is I changing. See. So we have to adapt. This is this is the main difference, I think.
0: Gotcha. And in terms of like how that, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the technical details, but but when you deal with with these changes, is that another reason why, Making wines that are blends is is an advantage that, as Christoph said at the beginning, um, you're not as beholden to one variety that might be more affected by these changes than than another.
1: Um, blending, uh, yes, it could be. Uh, for example, uh, this year uh, there was a very very big frost, uh, and this is mainly the grenache that I've okay. been uh, impacted because the the, um, the flower and everything is earlier normally sure. uh, so um, the grenache uh, were frost but the other can increase after so uh, that means that um with many different variety uh we, we can adapt and after for example some variety um, are, can be more impacted with some illness or uh, with dryness so blending can be an advantage
0: yes okay Gotcha. And then I think I just want to leave things with this last question for each of you, which is, you know, I, I think that we've got to a lot in this conversation about what makes the the place and the wines special. But but just in terms of for our listeners who maybe still somewhat unfamiliar with the wines or might have had them once or twice, but not consider them part of their sort of regular drinking, you know, regimen, What what is it that you think, again, kind of, you know, what's the... If you could if you could make a, a short ish sales pitch uh for for these for wines from the Côte d'Aron. Uh maybe um each of you can, maybe uh Christophe, if you don't mind starting with just kind of you know whether it's what you already say to tables or, or what you think of as being the sort of the, the what why why drink these wines?
2: Yes, my pleasure. And I would start with yes, be curious, you know, uh uh give a Côte d'Iron or a Côte de Rhone village a, a chance uh, to get to your table and then uh, better than us, the wine will tell you the story of uh, of, of its place. So that's the, the the magic of the of the Rhone Valley wine. I often find out that if you enjoy wines and you feel a wine lover, there is two parts of your approach of wine of the tasting. I mean, there is the 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 the, the sensitive and emotional part that is created by the wine, and there is the intellectual part is uh, 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 I mean triggered by by your knowledge and uh, your thing. But I truly believe that the wine of the Cote de Rhone has that capacity to Triggers your emotions, even if you're not familiar with wine. So, uh, give it a chance, and and uh, we uh, share together. And thank you, Zach, for for uh, driving us to to share our our input to to the approach of the Cote d'Or sure. wines. But uh, I, I would recommend really highly to make that difference between Cote d'Or and Cote d'Or village. If okay. there is a village suggestion, it's because the the place matters. And the name of the village will tell you obviously uh, uh, on, on a map from where the wine the is coming from, and there are many uh, on all of the villages that that can uh, uh, almost I mean seventeen of them now and over twenty that can uh, uh, share more of a specific character because a village like uh, one of the new one like Nyon now is one of the most eastern part. Uh, so okay. c- cooler climate, very similar to Vaqueras or Gigandas. Then if you go to the Massif du Chaux, uh, uh, a little more northern, now you have a cooler area as well. Uh, uh, influence, if you go on the right bank, as we said, with Chusclan uh, uh, or Laudan, so you have lots of freshness in the wine and probably... Uh, uh, more uh, of, of a white wine to to look at, but yes, uh, make yourself familiar with with the name and pick the name of a village because on the label you will read Cote du Rhone village, Appellation Cote du Rhone village. So that's to me is a, is a, is a, is a level upper than than the Cote du Rhone that can be your your daily friend. And Florence, anything to add?
1: Yes, I would say that uh, Cote du Rhone is adapted to all kind of customer from the beginner to the most experts and with all the time you can uh, have it in uh, during a meal or a picnic or as an aperitif we have some white rosé and red you have some very simple wine and very some are very very complex uh, because of the blend and everything and we have also some uh, just with one grape variety so from the beginner to the expert that can be very interesting Uh, after you have from Cauduron, uh, two Cauduron village and more. So uh, I think it's impossible to not finding the wine you will be fond of. So you can try many Cauduron, and you will discover um, a region. We disc- you d- will discover our own job with our uh, grape variety, our- with our terroir. So I would say try and um, test by yourself, and after we- you will be fond of.
0: Well, France. Christophe, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate learning more about the, the Cotteron and Cotteron Village from the both of you. And um, look forward to, to tasting more of these wines in the future.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Zach. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vinepair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my Vinepair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, Vinepair tastings Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the Vinepair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making the show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.